0: Hello, Melissa here. I just need to issue a quick correction. In the podcast you're going to hear me talk about the earnings that qualify SAG members for health insurance, and in the podcast I'm going to tell you that that's 29,000 pounds. It's not. It's less. It's 25,950, so less than 26 grand. So that makes it even worse. Even my cat is upset about it. But there you are there's the correction when I say 29 what I mean is 25,950 okay enjoy bye good morning good morning how are you I'm very well thank you how are you I'm good thank you for
1: asking I'm awake I'm alive those are two (laughs) two good things
0: yes always a bonus And it's not like two o'clock in the morning. It's a, it's no, a, well, it's it's a slightly more sensible time.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, it's doing more, it's more better, I was going to say. <laughs> but it's doing um, better than, than I have been. So it's, it's weird. I go through these waves of, of my sleep pattern. So, um, but no, I've been doing, I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. Good. I'm very glad to hear it. What's yeah, new? For sure, not much um, that I can think of right off the bat. that that, that we haven't talked about already in our <laughs> pre our pre podcast chats. Yeah, yeah, those They're are. A,
0: it's a prerequisite for me. Yeah,
1: getting, those are always so fun.
0: Getting a bit of time with you to all to myself, where I don't have to share you with our listeners.
1: Yes, I agree. I think those are always so fun and I always look forward to those. So how about you? Anything
0: new, fun, exciting? Well, I don't know you and I have just spoken about this. I don't know whether you think that I should bring it up now. I can always edit it out afterwards if you think mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a chatter. But I am wearing a homemade shirt that says, Hi Todd, Bye Todd. Yeah, for sure. That I made for myself just because, you know, I got bored and needed something to do. Um, And I showed you the other day, and you Mm -hmm. said that you would buy one. Mm -hmm. And that kind of inspired me. And I think I'm going to do like a little shop where with with some kind of marina inspired designs and donate all of the profits to stefania's sister's ovarian cancer charity actus hmm um yeah. which you and i were discussing and you you thought it was a a, a good idea yes yeah, brilliant so that's what's new with me so um let us know, folks, what you think, and if it's worth me doing it, worth me putting something up, and if you'd be interested in buying some Marina-inspired merch. Yeah, and
1: and if so, what, like, what kind of shirts you'd like to see, right? Like what kind of...
0: Yeah, give me some ideas for some designs. I've got a couple that I've done for myself that I'll transfer over, Hi Todd, by mm-hmm. Todd being one of them. Yeah. But- <laughs> But yeah, if um, if anyone's got any ideas or if anyone thinks, oh, I'd love a shirt with this on it, let us know and I'll mock something up and we can chuck it on sale. Yeah, I think
1: people are going to love it and I think that's a brilliant idea and I'm super excited that you're sharing it with everyone. Thanks, um, Yeah, it's just great and I think everybody's going to love it. I can't wait for the feedback.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. 'Cause it'd be it'd be nice to be able to chuck a bit of money in their direction.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's cool that you're willing to do that. That you're willing to share that with the charity and stuff. That's super awesome.
0: Oh god, yeah. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't wanna make any money off it.
1: I know, but you know how some people Yeah. Not everybody's that way. So that's all.
0: I suppose not, but I wouldn't want to take people's money.
1: No. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's super great.
0: Um, We've had some of our lovely listeners writing in to us again. Mm -hmm. So um, I just wanted to mention Jennifer because Jennifer, you'll know who you are, Jennifer. I don't know whether you want me to say your surname or not, so I'll just keep it with with Jennifer. But you are so sweet, Jennifer, and you've written to us a couple of times on Instagram just to say hi and um, say that you've been spending your time – at work with us and things, and that you work overnight, and that we keep you company. And you told me that uh, you were having pizza for breakfast, which I appreciated. <laughs> um, and uh, you wrote to us a, a few weeks ago saying that you'd been having a difficult night and that you'd spent a few hours with us through the podcast, and that it brought you joy. And um, just, I just wanted to mention that messages like that just, yeah, just brighten our day.
1: They do, for sure.
0: It makes us so happy that we can kind of just, yeah, just make the day pass yeah. quicker or more easily for people. So thank you so much, Jennifer. I did want to mention that because um, you've written to us a couple of times and I just really, just really appreciate you.
1: Izzo? Yeah, I think those are super sweet and kind and thoughtful and they – they mean, I think they mean as much to us as they mean to you, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so thank you for taking the time out to send those. Definitely.
0: And we had we had a winning email from Hannah, our friend Hannah from Bavaria. Yeah.
1: Remember, do
0: you remember Hannah? Well, she yeah. firstly wanted to say thank you to Diane for sending her prayers and well wishes. And she said that it felt like she kind of had a friend on the other side of the world, which felt good to her. Mm -hmm. And she commented on the Myra and Andy relationship and why Andy might be the way she is Mm -hmm. when she was listening. This is sort of in reaction to our Spotlight On series. Mm -hmm. And it actually ties in with something that you said last week, so not during the Myra and Andy Spotlight series, but something that you said last Mm -hmm. week, which is that did Andy, you said to me, do you think... Andy gets her way a lot with Pruitt because her mother left. And Hannah's picked up on that point as well and said that maybe Andy's reactions Mm -hmm. to Maya and to sort of her work situations could lay in her childhood Mm -hmm. because Hannah said that she thinks that she's wrong and she's out of line, but maybe Mm -hmm. it's the way that she was raised because she was an only child and her mother left. And so maybe Pruitt gave her everything she wanted in her childhood to make up for her mother leaving. And because she doesn't have any siblings, she's never had to share. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's why she just kind of has this expectation that she'll just get what she wants when she wants it.
1: Yeah, and for sure.
0: Which I thought was a, was a really good point. And um, she also had a funny story that she wanted to tell us, which is that when we uploaded the Spotlight on Andy and Maya Part 2, which was the latest episode at the time that she wrote, this email, she was in the ER. That's not the funny oh, part. Oh
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> um, and, and she had a, a pulse ox monitor on her finger. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. She checked her phone to see what time it was and saw the notification that our new episode was up. And she got so excited that her heart rate spiked, and one of the nurses came running over to her yeah. because she because she had this pulse ox thing on her finger. So. Can you imagine, like, you know, yeah. the, the nurse comes sudden, running over. Yeah. Oh, What's wrong? What's going on? Uh, it's just uh, the episode of my favourite podcast is up. <laughs> <Just> got-
1: <laughs> it's all right. Everything's fine.
0: <laughs> Everything's fine. I'm just, just a little bit excited. <laughs> so, yeah, that made me giggle. But she sweetly said that she listened to our episode in the ER and that maybe it made her better because she got to go home that day and didn't have to stay the night. And this I loved. I'll just read out this part to round off Hannah's email so she said a couple of episodes ago you two were talking about who is the fan favourite in the podcast mm-hmm. and she said that she thinks and I'm going to say I completely love this because this is a Karina DeLuca quote from Grey's Anatomy so you might not be familiar with this because it's from Grey's but Hannah says that she thinks we're two parts of one whole
1: Oh. Okay, I didn't know that was um, a great quote, so that's sweet.
0: Yeah, that's how Karina describes she and Andrea uh, um, as children. When Andrea's in surgery after the stabbing, Uh she's in the chapel with Maya and she tells a story about them sharing a pair of roller skates when they were kids. Mm -hmm. And um, she says that their mother said that she and Andrea were two parts of one whole. And that's that's how Hannah's described us. That's so sweet. I know. Oh, so, yeah. Thanks, Hannah.
1: I think you might have made that that heart that hard heart a little bit soft. Melissa always says she has a hard heart.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's slightly squishy around the edges now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so funny.
0: Oh, so that's all my updates. Have you got any updates, okay. or is that is that all of the updates?
1: Um, I don't really have too much updates. I I went to the the strike. Um, was it last weekend? Weekend before last?
0: Mm, no, I think it was last weekend. Was it last weekend? Yeah.
1: Um, and got to meet some of the cast. Um, oh yeah, tell us a little bit
0: about that. So you went to the picket line.
1: Yes. So I went to the, um, the picket lines. Actually, I went to go meet up with um, Colleen Foy, who we all know plays the wonderful Anara. And basically the whole cast from um, Grey's Anatomy was there. Um, Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And so I got to, I got to see Camilla Luddington again. She recognized me from Paris, which was cool. Oh,
0: that is cool.
1: Um, she was like, nice to meet you again. Um, <laughs> and so that was fun. And then, um, I got to meet, um, the Chandra Wilson or Miranda Bailey, which was ah. yeah, amazing. Um, and uh, I got to meet some of the actors that I don't know their, their non Gray's names just because I'm not a big Gray's watcher. Yeah. Um, like the actress who plays, I think her name is Kelly McCready. Um, yeah. Maggie Pierce. Yeah. Um, I got to meet her, the actress who plays, um, she's a redhead
0: who was married to Jackson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um- um, I can't, I can't April, remember her name, but she, April kept yeah, Doctor Doctor Kepler in in the show, but yeah, yeah I, I don't know yeah. her name. Um, I got to meet her. Um,
1: I got to meet. He plays um, Sullivan's sponsor.
0: Yeah, Richard Weber. Weber. Yeah, yeah, Richard
1: Weber. Got to meet him. Some of the newer the some of the newer interns. Yeah. That I don't remember their names on the show, or in, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. I'd know in the, real life, yeah, I'd know their faces, but yeah. Um, and then on Station 19, I got to meet Beckett. I got to meet Merle again, who recognized me from her play, actually, which I thought was fun. It was fun. Uh, Shane Hartline, obviously Colleen. I got to meet Jason George and they drove the engine one of the engines oh god
0: you got to meet yeah. the truck
1: yeah i got to meet the truck yeah which was <laughs> amazing which was totally super cool um to be able to see one of the trucks so um yeah that was it was an amazing experience i'm so glad i went and um i would it was just a blast it was awesome yeah
0: it certainly looked like a good time
1: yeah, it was. I mean, if you would have been here, I would have dragged you along with me.
0: Oh, there wouldn't have been any dragging. I'd have been. <laughs> I'd have just like stowed away in your car if you hadn't invited me. <laughs> so...
1: Yeah. No, it was a it was a super good time. Set myself um, in one of your child seats. Yeah, <laughs> you certainly would have fit for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like privileged that I was able to go and um, that that they opened it up to everyone. Yep. And um, yeah, it was just great. It was awesome.
0: And it's really disappointing that we now know that um, nothing came of the negotiations and that, in fact. Yes. SAG-AFTRA's deal was not accepted and right. and in fact the counter offer was worse than the AMPDP's the, the initial, initial offer.
1: The initial so, yeah uh,
0: billionaire tolls doing what billionaire <laughs> tolls do.
1: Yes. Yep. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean but I you know what? Just another day to keep picketing.
0: 100%, 100%. <clears throat> and um, whilst we all miss our shows and we want our show back, but more importantly, we want a fair deal for the people that yeah. make the show. Because, yeah, I mean, look, Danielle, Stefania, Merle, et al., they're not starving. They're doing okay. Yeah. But the guest stars not so much, <laughs> you know, right. and the guys that are in the background all the time that very rarely get a line, not so right. much. Right. And, and the deal that's being proposed by the AMPTP, which involves AI and the use of people's image. So you'd get like a day actor that comes in and say they've got like three days on set. Right. So, They come in, they get their hair done, they get their makeup done, there's like costume design. So there's so there's those folks who are then involved in prepping the actor for the day's work. Right. But what the AMPTP is now proposing is that when one of these day actors comes in, they can scan them and Mm -hmm. then reproduce their image Mm -hmm. as they so desire for the foreseeable, like they now own the image Mm -hmm. of the individual. So that means that they don't have to pay that actor for that day's work anymore. They pay them for the one day's work instead of the three days that they would ordinarily be needed. Right, And then they can just use their image at will. But then the knock-on effect is that then there's no need for hair. There's no need for makeup. There's no need for costume for those Mm -hmm. extra two days. So you can see how it like filters out, Mm -hmm. you know, and when you think that, to get, their, to get health insurance, they have to be making right. like $29,000 a year uh-huh. to qualify for health insurance. And 82% mm-hmm. of the members of SAG are not making that. Right. Something's broken in the system. Yeah, that's messed up. So I know there are people that kind of are not necessarily getting the full picture that aren't aware that that is the case. And so they're seeing people like James Pickens Jr. who plays Weber and Chandra Wilson and Danielle and Stefania and Jason George and Mel Dandridge out on the picket lines and are saying, well, and I've I've seen it on social media, like these people are just being greedy. Like they make a damn good living. They're very well paid for what they do. Yes. And they're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it for their colleagues who, Mm -hmm. you know, they're in the 18% and they're the faces that we recognize, which is why and how the cause gets the attention. They're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it for the 82% of their colleagues.
1: No, they're doing it. Because they are recognized.
0: Yeah, they're yeah. doing it for the eighty-two percent. Their colleagues who are not recognized, yeah. who do not have recognizable faces, but still put mm. in the work every day, and still mm. need to be able to earn a living, and put a roof over the head, put food on the table, and would quite like health insurance.
1: <laughs> well, let's face it. If they didn't do it, we wouldn't recognize anybody. And so, not to be mean, but some people wouldn't care. No. And we should care because without them we can't have a show. Yep. Like without the Inaras and the and the Maddoxes, we couldn't have the show, right? Exactly. And so
0: Exactly. You know, not just that, but like look at the great people. Um the guy that played Marshall sticks out in my mind. And Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Or the girl that played Molly. I yeah. mean the, mm-hmm. She made the finale of season one and the premiere of season two mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what it was. Yep. But I don't remember having seen her in anything else. Right, I don't either. You know, she's not a marquee name. Mm-hmm. But she's got a talent and she deserves to be able to have health insurance and pay her bills.
1: Right, 100%.
0: Preach on, so, sister. So for anyone that was and i i mean our listeners tend to be fairly in the know about things yeah so i'm sure i'm kind of preaching to the converted but um but for anyone that kind of wondered what it was all about that's what it's all about
1: yeah or maybe maybe didn't see it that way right like maybe yeah maybe was upset with by the strikes or or didn't see it for what it was maybe you can get a different perspective yeah. um an understanding of of why it's so important.
0: Yeah, because actors, literally, I mean, eighty two percent of of SAG aftra members don't make twenty nine thousand mm-hmm. a year, mm-hmm. which is mad.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is
0: insane. So, so now you kind of have a a history lesson there. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so. Crack on striking, folks, will support you as long as you need to do it. Eat the rich. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, For sure. So, after uh, me going on one of my left wing, liberal (laughs) fight the power rants, (laughs) should we talk about Station 19? Maybe. Maybe let's talk about why, why why we're here. We've got a show, um, yeah. So, we are going to crack on with our season two breakdown. So, last week we did 202, this week is 203, and this one was called Home to Hold On to. It aired on the 18th of October 2018. Okay. It was written by, and I'm so sorry, this is someone that writes regularly on the show, and I'm sure I'm entirely butchering their name, so I will apologize ahead of time. But it was written by Anna Pamnigam, and they also wrote 105, which was the Marshall episode. I just brought up Marshall. Okay. Um, shock to the system. It was directed by Tessa Blake, and this was her Station 19 directorial debut. This was the first... Episode of Station 19 that she directed, but she went on to direct a further three episodes. So, okay, and I thought that it was a pretty good first episode, yeah, for sure, for her because I enjoyed this one. So, we open as usual with one of Andy's quite annoying voiceovers. But- <laughs> I will say that this one was slightly less annoying than usual um, because it was not only relevant to the physical rescue that we're about to see of a hoarder, but it also fits quite well with the opening montage where we see Andy sort of unpacking boxes, Maya out on one of her runs, Jack looking like he's struggling a bit emotionally and so Andy's okay. voiceover also pertains to, like, sort of the emotional rubbish that we sort of accumulate through our lives as well. So slightly less annoying than usual. Okay. In my humble opinion. Yeah, in your humble opinion. Got it. <laughs> um, and then this one, I thought it was quite Travis and Vic heavy. And then we sort of had two incidents because we had a ride-along with Jack and Ryan and then we had sort of the main incident. Uh-huh. And then I thought that there were a couple of bits that didn't fit in with that, which was we had a little bit of Pruitt and we had a little bit of what I like to call the girl scenes where we've got Maya, Vic, and Andy together.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Okay.
0: So shall we kick off with the little bit of Pruitt that we've got?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Okay. So he brings a dead plant to 19. (laughs) And he tries to give it to Andy as a housewarming gift.
1: So thoughtful.
0: (laughs) Uber thoughtful. But he says that he can't keep it alive. And then they sort of ask each other how the other is doing. Pruitt tells Andy that his life and his refrigerator are full. And Andy says that she is both easy and breezy in her new life. but neither of them are convincing themselves or us. And I don't suppose there's much chance of them having convinced each other of that. And Dean enters the locker room. He's thrilled to see Pruitt and shakes his hand asking him how retirement is. (laughs) And uh, he clearly shouldn't have asked because Pruitt goes into a bit of a tirade about how he's on extended medical leave and has not retired no matter what Sullivan thinks. And then a call comes in leaving Pruitt alone in the locker room with his dead plant. <laughs> then we see him again at the end of the episode, so after the incident, when Andy turns up on his doorstep and returns the dead plant, telling him that he is not to be the plant. So she's sort yes. of thinking back to Evelyn, the lonely old lady that they rescued that day, and tells her dad not to let the house be a prison of his own making and says that she's still his daughter, even though she doesn't live there anymore. And then she asks him if she actually ever was easy or breezy, and he says that she was before her mother died. And then Andy Mm. admits to feeling Mm. lost, as is Pruitt, Mm. although he doesn't actually physically express it. Then they give Ryan a little wave from the porch, and Andy is both surprised to hear that he's dropped by earlier to see Pruitt and that when he did, he mentioned going to grab a beer with Jack. So that's where he's headed. And then that's it for Pruitt. So, I mean, have you got anything to say about that?
1: No, I mean, it was pretty to the point, you know, um, not much meat on the bone. No, as we say, um, just to the point and there and that was it I mean it wasn't anything special I hate to say
0: no but it, um, it just kept Pruitt in mind didn't it for us just kept him relevant so then if we move on to what I like to call the girl scenes and yep. our cup does runneth over because we get two <laughs> we we get Two. They're like buses. We don't get one for God knows how many episodes, and then two come along at once. So Andy's voiceover montage finishes with Vic in bed with the tall, handsome man from twenty three,
1: who Which we learned his name, didn't we?
0: We did. It's the guy from the last episode who gave his number to Andrea to give to Vic. Yeah. And we discover along with Vic that his name is David. Yes. Yeah. So we we discover that before we head off to what Maya still considers her apartment, but Andy reminds her is now their apartment whilst she is putting textbooks and fire safety manuals on what were Maya's <laughs> intentionally the sad empty. Walls. <laughs> yeah. They were well, yeah, because Maya, Maya left them intentionally empty. She liked the negative space, but yeah, yeah and Andy thinks they're sad. Um, so Maya's been on one of her clearing her head runs, comes to find Andy doing this. And um, Andy says that she's doing it in order to sort of put her stamp on the place, to make it feel like home, to get herself feeling a bit more settled. Yeah. But Maya says that she knows that Andy's compulsive organising has been brought on by her stewing about Sullivan. And then she says that she still can't quite believe that Andy not only told her dad that she was moving out, but then actually did it. Yep. Then Vic, this cracks me up, Vic lets (laughs) lets herself in, saying that she's following their tradition of coming to share news with them, helping herself to a cup of coffee, And Andy and Maya both seem pretty surprised at Vic's arrival. Andy because she says it's only a tradition if it's actually happened more than once. (laughs) And Maya because she's confused at how Vic has a key when Maya's only let her house sit on one occasion. Right. (laughs) Vic ignores them both, just completely oblivious, and tells them that she woke up with Mr. 23, putting her booted feet up on the coffee table. Um, to which Andy replies that she disappears of firefighters dating other firefighters before saying that she's kidding and doing a go get that dance. Right. Then Maya and Vic express surprise at Andy cracking a joke saying that she's not exactly a freewheeler, but they love her and her <laughs> earnestness anyway. <laughs> which is when the, we, <laughs> that's amused you as well.
1: Yes, very much.
0: Um, and this is when the easy breezy comes in because Andy says that she is both easy and breezy. And uh, Meyer asks her if she Which would just perhaps... not
1: describe no. her at all.
0: No, <laughs> very much no. Not. And uh, Meyer asks her if she would perhaps like to ease and breeze her mess into her own room. Then, for our second girl scene, we're at the station and Maya, Vic and Andy are watching from the barn as Warren leaves Sullivan's office prompting Maya to ask why everyone leaves Sullivan's office looking sadder than when they went in. And Andy poses the question of what in his past made him the way he is and where he came from. And Vic, in response, basically reads off his Wikipedia biography um, because (laughs) she she said that she got trapped under a very tall man blanket that morning and so decided to cyberstalk Sullivan. And Andy asks how he could be the department's first choice for captain, saying that they could have at least hired a woman, at which point Sullivan appears from behind them, saying that he wasn't the first choice, but that the number of female recruits is sadly in decline. And the woman that they did have earmarked for the job sabotaged her own chances. Mm. And to make sure he really drives the message home and that there's no ambiguity, he then says that he has her to thank for him having the job. Yep. Uh, nice. <laughs> um, what did you call him earlier? Mr. Charming. Way to be charming. Yeah, for sure. Way
1: to be, way to be a hundred percent on the charming side there, guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andy then asks Myra and Vic, what she clearly thought was a rhetorical question as to why Sullivan's got it in for her. But Maya gives her an answer that I don't think she was expecting and certainly didn't want.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: which is that Andy keeps giving him ammunition. So tit for tat or whatever, I believe is her her actual phrasing, which then causes Andy to storm off taking a chainsaw with her. And for Vic to comment, rest in peace, easy breezy Andy Herrera. (laughs) (laughs) We barely knew thee. (laughs) (laughs) So those are our girl scenes. Did you think that Maya was regretting asking Andy to move in because she says she can't quite believe that Andy told Pruitt that she was going to do it and then did it. And I don't know, there was something about the look on her face when she delivered that line that said to me that perhaps she wouldn't have offered so freely and easily if she had realized that Andy would be so quick to accept the offer. Maybe.
1: I mean, I could see, I could see that. Maybe she thought she would just think, "Oh, that's nice of you," but no, thank you. Yeah, yeah, just, maybe. Yeah.
0: And why do you think that she needed to go out on one of her clear her head runs? Do you think it's professional? Do you think it's personal? Do you think it's both? I think it was professional. I think yeah. it was
1: well, and and in the only way per per personal would be for Andy. I think yeah. it was, I think the Andy the run was Andy related,
0: Yeah, in which case it could be both professional and personal, couldn't it? because there yeah. was the whole Andy leaping into the sewer when Maya was the one harnessed up last yeah. week, and now right. Andy's in her personal space as well as her workspace. Right, and she's got to get used to having not having
1: that idea of being able to, to you know when she gets home. Debriefing from that because she's there's no
0: she can't decompress because
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: 100%. Did you think Maya's comment to Andy saying, you know, you're giving him the ammunition and tit for tat comment? Do you think that was warranted? Uh, that's a good question.
1: Because coming from Andy, it's it's like very easy to be like to answer that, right? Yeah, because it was a very Andy statement.
0: It sounded like an Andyish comment, didn't it? It it did a hundred percent. Yeah, we're not used to hearing that sort of thing from Maya, and especially towards Andy. No, no,
1: not at all. And so to to flip the the script like that, hmm, I don't know. I think That's a tough one.
0: I think maybe it's friendly advice, but packaged in a not very friendly way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's a good way to put it.
0: And I think that's probably just because of her frustration with Andy. Yeah. But I do think it's good advice nonetheless. Like if you want him to stop like having a go at you, stop giving him ammunition. Giving him reasons to stop giving him the ammunition to throw at you, basically. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Look at us going back to our spotlight on.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, God, I'm still recovering from that 60-hour. 60, 60 oh, hour. I believe it. <laughs> I believe oh, it. Man. Um, Right. Do we have any more to say about Andy, Maya, and Vic?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Shall we move on to Travis, to Travis and Vic? Because they had, oh, of course, they had a bit of a turbulent time in this episode, didn't they?
1: They did, yes.
0: So we sort of start out in the Beanery. Actually, that was that was quite a funny little extended conceit that ran through the episode. Was the whole uh, houseboat thing? yeah with poor dean so we start in the beanery with warren and dean and warren is telling dean how he's always wanted to try kayaking but has never found anywhere with a dock where he can launch and somewhere (laughs) where he can clean up afterwards before vic comes in and calls dean houseboat subtle um yeah telling him there will be waterfront day drinking after the shift and then like We'll discuss later how Jack was at Dean's that morning, and it transpires that Jack's kind of texted everybody at 19 to let them know about Dean's living situation. But then Vic does a happy dance, thanks to the morning's (laughs) exploits, (laughs) with the tall man blanket from 23, followed by Travis. Travis then comes in for his first day back on shift to the excitement of everybody except Vic, who just about manages to fake a smile And Travis says that he feels like he hasn't seen her in weeks and then she leaves as quickly as she can. Then Travis manages to corner poor Warren in the turnout room and asks if everything's okay with Vic because he'd been feeling weird vibes in the beanery. But Warren says that she seems to be fine, especially with everything that's going on. And is surprised to hear that Travis doesn't know what it is that's going on. Mm considering Vic is his usual go-to. But he says that since Travis doesn't know what's going on, it's not his place to tell, and then (laughs) Warren beats a very hasty retreat. So not letting it go, in the barn, Travis tries to have a conversation with Vic, who acts as if Travis is a bit of an annoyance, and she's much more Mm -hmm. interested in whatever it is she's using the spanner for under the engine than talking to him. And then during the rescue... Sullivan deploys Miller to go and get some support beams and tells Vic and Travis to start the evacuation. And Vic tries to swap places with Miller, telling Sullivan she can handle support beams, which he's having none of. But it obviously doesn't escape Travis's attention that she clearly doesn't want to work with him. So Travis calls Vic out uh, and asks her to just say something if she's got a problem. And then Miller calls them both out on being weird but he puts it down to him not inviting them to the houseboat and, <laughs> and tells them that it's because he knows that neither of them uses coasters <laughs> 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 And I know that that's not relevant to the Vic and Travis thing, but I just I do just genuinely love this little extended conceit that they have running through with Dean and how house proud he is. so I just yeah just needed to interject that. It did make me think of you
1: and your coasters though
0: look i've got I've got a coaster right here. look
1: See, I'm telling you, it made me think <laughs> of you and your coasters.
0: Look, I am team Dean when it comes to you are. Shoes on tables and coasters. That along with our physique, two things that we have very (laughs) much in common. So then back in the barn after the incident, Travis tries to help Vic unloading some equipment from the engine and she tells him that Mm. she doesn't need his help. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of finally has it out with her and says, look, you've been weird with me all day and I've only seen you maybe twice in the past six weeks. And after some serious cajoling from him, Vic finally snaps and tells him exactly what's wrong, Mm -hmm. which is that he told Warren in the skyscraper to let him die and just to leave him lying in a stairwell where nobody could find him until she found him and watched him bleed out all over her as she dragged him out floor after floor. So... Travis asks how she can be mad at him for almost dying. And she says, it's not because of that. It's because you quit on life and that you quit on me. Mm -hmm. And Sullivan interrupts them and says that they're not doing that in the barn and recommends Mm -hmm. a peer support program instead of bringing their emotional baggage into his firehouse on his time. Mm -hmm. And they agree, but then Victor shoots Travis a look and walks away. Yep. So can you understand Vic's reaction? Feeling abandoned yeah, by a best friend? I, and-
1: I can. Yeah, for yeah. sure. um I mean, if it would have been like me and you, I'd be ticked.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I can also understand Travis's point of view, though. You know, I mean, that's when he says, like, that that's the job. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's it's putting, it's putting yourself last, right? It's putting, yeah. it's putting the, the person first, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Um, and so I can understand both sides a hundred percent on this one.
0: Yeah, completely. And I think from Vic, the way that she describes it, I think there's some serious trauma there. I think she's mm-hmm. really traumatized by it because she talks about him mm-hmm. bleeding out all over her you know, and says, you know, when I was dragging him out, you were bleeding out all over me floor after floor. And it's really graphic. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of like she's reliving it as she's saying Mm -hmm. it to him. Mm -hmm. And so I think that therapy for them is actually a really good idea. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. And how angry she is with him just shows the depth Mm -hmm. of her feeling for him as well. Oh, yeah. That he has the ability to cause her that much pain.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Just shows how deep her love for him goes yeah oh so i actually really enjoyed that i mean it was tough because
1: it was it was tough tough scenes to watch and hear but
0: i think it was really illustrative of their Mm -hmm. demonstrated to us really well how much they mean to each other Mm -hmm. anything else that you want to say about vic and travis and um, Travis, <laughs>
1: sorry, um. <laughs> um, not right now. No, shall we move on to the ride along? Let's move on to the ride along. Shall we do it? So, what, the... I wonder what our what our, our UK listeners think about my my British accent I wonder what they think about it L- let me know what you think about it you guys I think people what, are gonna love it I mean what do you agree with Melissa do you think it's this this Essex um accent yeah. or what do you guys think yeah
0: I think it's I think it's so Essex I really do okay let us know I think it's funny okay <laughs> Oh, that was another thing that um, Hannah said. That she said she really likes it when I use specifically British words for things and then basically translate from British English oh, <laughs> to American yeah. English, like where we had the boot and the bonnet of a car, and yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah, and you guys call it the trunk and the hood. Yeah, yeah. She likes that, and she said that in German, it's. Oh, no! What is it? It's called the luggage room, <laughs> so whatever the whatever I'll luggage is from there you go yeah, yeah uh-huh.
1: yeah,
0: but yeah, so she likes it when I do my translations from British English to American English. so we'll have to keep
1: okay keep okay. those
0: in <laughs>
1: yeah, keep those
0: in in the back of our mind. Yes, so the ride along. So, it starts with Jack heading over to Dean's place, and it's clearly the first time that he's seen it, because he asks Dean why they're always hanging out at Joe's when they could be partying on the houseboat. And so begins the legend of Dean being protective of his home and his personal space, and nobody at 19 actually taking the hint. (laughs) Yep, nobody at all. Bless him. And they head to 19 because Sullivan has asked Jack to come in for a meeting, Mm -hmm. and when they arrive it turns out the meeting is about the sewer rescue of max from the previous episode which Mm -hmm. sullivan says highlighted a massive lack of cooperation between fd and pd Mm -hmm. so he tells jack that as a result he's going to be going on a ride along with a police officer today so that he can report back to the station as to what it's really like to walk in a police officer's shoes. And okay. nobody, nobody gets any prizes for guessing that the officer's shoes in whom he is to walk is Mr. Ryan Tanner. Oh, come on. Not even a little prize? You can have a sarcastic pat on the back. How's that? Uh,
1: I thought you were going to say, like, the first shirt from the website.
0: I'm not making any money from this. <sighs>
1: The high pitchness in that was so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making any money from this. <laughs> it's, a, it's a charity. It, I wasn't asking
0: for money. I was asking for a shirt. For guessing that Ryan Tanner, the only police officer who is in the cast of Station 19, is going to be the police officer that go it, that Jack. Has- it
1: could have been. It could have been Rice who thought that he had an imaginary
0: <laughs> crush on her. Oh, that's true. That um, would have been hilarious. Now that would have been an episode, Jack, for 12 hours in a car with Officer Rice.
1: That would have been hilarious. That was a totally missed opportunity. Oh, they
0: should bring her back. I loved her. They, I know,
1: right? See, right? Yeah.
0: Okay, that yeah. deserves a shirt. All right, that deserves a shirt. So the day starts beautifully. Ryan and Jack with Ryan pulling up in front of the barn doors for which Jack berates him and tells him it's illegal and Ryan says that he's going to (laughs) give himself a ticket (laughs) before admitting that he's only actually done it to wind Jack up then Andy watches Jack getting into the squad car worriedly out of the window with Maya saying that she bets they've got a lot to bond over, saving lives risking lives and how Andy stomped on both of their hearts (laughs) (laughs) And then the ride-along itself starts off on a sour note with Ryan telling Jack that it's a pretend shift for him and Jack suggesting that they just go and get donuts, which is what cops do. Yep. And then Ryan tells Jack that he's not to step outside of the vehicle under any circumstances for the next 12 hours, at which point Jack basically calls him a part-timer, saying that firefighter shifts are 24 hours long. And then Ryan hits back saying that they're patrolling for the whole 12 hours, not sitting around watching TV, waiting for a call to come in about a cat stuck in a tree. Okay. So talk about tit for tat or whatever. These two are going at it. Yep. Then Ryan says that they're going to be working on traffic stops, which Jack makes fun of, but Ryan says very seriously that it's one of the most dangerous parts of the job because they're approaching the unknown. They never know who or what is inside a vehicle. And Jack makes a swipe about broken tail lights, mm-hmm. but we actually we know about how seriously police officers take these um, traffic stops, mm-hmm. don't we? Both yeah. from Station Nineteen and from real life, because yeah, for sure. When you look at how many unlawful killings of people of color there have been, yeah, um, just that have been highlighted just recently in the past few years, so many of those are resultant of traffic stops. And, of course, when we see Ben uh, later on, I want to say it's season four, maybe? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And we see a flashback, don't we, of Ben getting pulled over by a cop. It's in one of his therapy sessions with Diane. We see him. Right. He's pulled over for the obviously absolutely awful crime of driving whilst black.
1: DWB, they call it here.
0: Yeah, we've got the, the exact same thing. We we say, you know, oh, yeah, well, he got pulled over for driving whilst black. Yeah. So it's obviously, a, you know, a systemic thing mm-hmm. world, worldwide, it would appear. Mm-hmm. because we, Yeah, which I, is horrendous. Both, yeah, both of our nations have the exact same thing. So whilst right, this is all that's... sort of very funny and Jack's sort of mocking the danger of broken taillights, mm-hmm. Ryan's reaction to saying no, traffic stops are like super, super dangerous. And then
1: mm-hmm.
0: when we see kind of how that affects the, the people being pulled over by the police in real life, right? I hate, to, hate to get all heavy over it, but I think it's worth pointing out that, yeah. that this is a, a big problem.
1: It is a huge problem and it deserves getting heavy over. And that's one thing that I love about our podcast is that we don't shy away from topics that a lot of people probably would shy away from um, because they, they can make you uncomfortable. But I think if something makes you uncomfortable, then that means it's worth talking about. Yeah. Um, And so I love that we, that we, you know, we talk about it and we don't shy away from it, and that we shed light on it because, um, as much as I hate to say it, I always say that our society says that the white voice is, is more powerful than the black voice, which I hate
0: yeah.
1: um, because that shouldn't be the case. But because our society causes it to be that way, then that means we need to use our voice, right? Yeah. Um to to be an ally and so I'm glad that we that we do that and that we use our voice for our our black brothers and sisters. So always. Yes, always.
0: Um luckily there are no such incidents during the ride along. Yes. And the their first stop is a pantless man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, (laughs) trouserless, I would say. Trousers, yes. Trouserless. He's a trouserless man, although actually I think he is completely pantless because he's spilt a latte over his lap, and so he's speeding home with his dry clean only trousers. But I think he has taken his underwear off at this point as well because everything was soaked through and hot. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I think he's pantless in both of our languages. Yes. and, uh, but over the, over the loud hailer, because he's been tasked with staying in the car, Jack is st- – <laughs> it was so funny when he's, like, yelling over the yeah. loud hailer. What does yeah. it look like? And <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was funny.
0: <laughs> it was really funny. Um, but he establishes that the man has got second-degree burns and that he needs to get himself to the emergency room. And he adds that, yeah. <laughs> that Officer Tanner, that Ryan will give him a police escort to the hospital. <laughs> he's such a wind up but then Jack Jack then does later try and bury the hatchet with Ryan saying that they're no longer in competition for Andy anymore but Ryan isn't readily accepting of that truce and they continue to snark at each other with Ryan telling Jack that he's not above arresting him (laughs) (laughs) they were such children (laughs) doing this thing but it It was amusing. It was funny, I have to say. But the next stop was slightly more serious because they stop a father driving with his young daughter in the back seat and uh, she's concerned that they're going to be late for a party. But Ryan sort of instinctually knows that there's something amiss because he's noticed a tan line on the guy's hand where a wedding band recently was and an overnight bag which has been packed in a rush in the front of the car. Yeah, Yep. which you don't need if you're just going to a birthday party.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he saw that the GPS was programmed for the airport, so he calls it in as a possible abduction. And it turns out that his instincts were bang on because there's an Amber Alert out because the dad has, in fact, abducted his kid. So um, he takes the chap's license and registration and says that he just needs to check him out, stays cool, calm, and friendly. And Jack asks why Ryan hasn't just gone and arrested the guy. And Ryan says, well, it's because you're here. I haven't got my partner here. I've got you here. I'm I'm babysitting you is why. And so he says they're going to have to wait for backup and keep the father calm because all the while he's calm, the kid is safe. But then the guy starts to get edgy and he restarts the engine. So Ryan has to get out and calmly tell him with a smile that his computer's playing up. So he's unable to check the licence and registration, but it'll only be a few more minutes. But he can see that the chap is getting ready to flee, so he quietly tells him that if he does Mm -hmm. what Ryan thinks he's about to do, it's Mm -hmm. not going to end well. He'll likely never see his daughter again, so turn off the ignition and let go of the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. Then the next we see of them, Jack is sitting on a wall with the little girl when her mum turns up and showers jack with gratitude (laughs) and jack tries to give the credit to ryan but it falls on deaf ears so he then apologizes to ryan saying that he was the one that deserved the victory lap Mm -hmm. but ryan says that he's used to it that people see firefighters as heroes and police officers as either an annoyance or something to be scared of yeah that's true yeah And then we see Jack and Ryan drinking beers with Dean on the deck of his houseboat. Poor Dean. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Dean reminds them to use a coaster and tells Jack to keep his feet off the table. But on a more serious note, Jack asks Ryan if he ever has problems thinking about the things that could have gone wrong on calls. And... um, Ryan kind of says that he just shrugs these things off. He doesn't try to think about it too much. Yeah. So then Jack tries to shrug it off as well and act kind of cool about it. But Dean is not convinced. Dean clocks it, notices Mm -hmm. that something's wrong. Mm -hmm. So it looks like Jack was trying to open up, but then thought better of it when he thought perhaps he was the only one experiencing that so yeah was there anything that you wanted to pick out from the whole ride-along sitch
1: no i think with the ride-along that was pretty straightforward yeah it had funny parts it had intimate parts in a in a way and so i think it was really well written
0: it was well done wasn't it
1: yeah it was
0: i liked how jack tried to bury the hatchet with Ryan
1: yeah
0: I thought that was bigger than I did
1: did too yeah yeah
0: and it was just such a shame it was great that he felt able to open up to Dean and Ryan at the houseboat but it was just such a shame that he was so quick to dismiss his feelings and gloss over it when he heard that Mm -hmm. Ryan Mm -hmm. is readily able to do that yeah and again, I just love Dean's emotional intelligence and that he can yeah. just see right through Jack, which Ryan, and and I've said previously that the reason that I love Ryan is for his emotional intelligence, right. but he doesn't seem to pick up on that with Jack. Right. Whereas Dean very much does. hmm But it'll be interesting to see how that kind of progresses, I think
1: but i think that's because of the history of their of their relationship at this oh, yeah. point
0: yeah absolutely but i think but yeah. ryan picked up on maya's situation mm-hmm. like really quickly mm-hmm. didn't he seemed to kind of yes. zone in on zone in on that but didn't seem to yeah. do so with jack but then maybe that's because women are socialized to it's more acceptable socially for women to yeah have feelings and be in touch with their feelings and discuss them. Whereas men are supposed to be big and strong and brave. And according to toxic masculine culture, that means Mm -hmm. to not have feelings or at least to bury them deep, deep down. So maybe that's why maybe he's just not expecting that kind of, you know, emotional forthcomingness from, I think I've just made that word up uh, from, (laughs) (laughs) from Jack So maybe that's why it could be for sure. Any more for Jack and Ryan slash Jack, Ryan and Dean? No, ma'am. Oh, was that? Alabama?
1: Probably Georgia, maybe Virginia, somewhere around there.
0: Definitely one Essex. Um, (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we talk about the incident?
1: Yes, let's do
0: it. Okay. So we have an exchange between Warren and Sullivan, which I feel just epitomizes Sullivan in these early episodes. So Warren knocks on Sullivan's door several times, and then he opens it and says, I was knocking, to which Sullivan replies, (laughs) I know, and I was ignoring you. (laughs)
1: That charming guy.
0: (laughs) Because he says that he didn't want to be disturbed, Warren offers then to come back later, to which Sullivan tells him dryly, well, you've disturbed me now. So, Yeah. Um, And then Warren tells Sullivan that he knows that Sullivan sees him as a tourist and not a serious firefighter, but he assures Sullivan that he is in firefighting for the long haul and that he's an employee worthy of investment saying that he's excited to Uh dive into any extra training that Sullivan wants him to undertake to which Sullivan unenthusiastically just replies, okay. And asks if that's all Uh then on the way to the call, sullivan's attitude is very different towards maya because he tells her that he's waiting for her lieutenant's application and that the deadline is looming and he also tells her that she was mentioned as being a prime candidate for promotion during ripley's handover briefing and Mm. that the promotion of women in the department can't happen if people like maya don't apply yep But he notices Maya's hesitation and asks if that's because she feels like she'd be stepping on Andy's toes, but she Mm -hmm. very quickly and very emphatically tells him that it's not like that, that she and Andy support Mm -hmm. each other. And Sullivan tells her that an outsider's observation is that she may want to step away from being a cheerleader and start being just a leader, which Mm -hmm. seems to give Maya pause for thought.
1: Which it should be, because that was a pretty deep statement.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And as we know from our Spotlight On series that we did, Maya may have been a bit optimistic in looking through rose-tinted glasses, saying that she and Andy support each other. And Sullivan might actually have quite a good perspective from his sort of observational position as an Mm. outsider and see Mm -hmm. see it a bit more holistically. Yep. But... um. At the actual incident, they meet up with a couple who accompanies 19 to their upstairs neighbour's apartment, saying that they're concerned about her because they can't hear her moving around and -hmm. there's a big old crack in their ceiling. And then when they get to the door, they can hear that the floor is creaking as well. So on Mm -hmm. forcing the door open, they realise that it's not a water leak, which was Andy's first thought as to why there might be a crack in the boys' ceiling but that it's actually giving way under the weight mm-hmm. of a, of just stacks and stacks of boxes and bags mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. prevent 19 from even getting the door open sensibly and then they hear evelyn the apartment owner calling for help from inside and bless evelyn she's experiencing chest pains and she's recently had heart surgery so they need to get into her fast So Sullivan, Maya and Andy spitball on how best to proceed with the rescue. And Sullivan says they need to get in there before it's too late. Mm -hmm. Maya says they won't all fit through the door, which is only open a small amount due to all of the boxes and bags and stuff in the way. But Andy says that they shouldn't go in anyway because of all the extra weight that's going to bear down on the already weakened floor. Mm -hmm. And she wants to wait for the engineers to come in and assess the building before they do anything
1: yeah
0: so sullivan says that he's not proposing that they all go in it only needs one of them and he nominates warren since warren told him earlier in the day that he wanted to dive in but andy argues again to wait for the engineers saying that warren's never been in an environment like that and doesn't mm-hmm. have the necessary skills or experience so Sullivan then says that the floor could give way at any time and with Evelyn's heart problems they can't afford to wait and then he asks Maya for her opinion. Mhm. And he shoots her a look as if to say choose my plan. Mhm. <laughs> but Maya gives Here her you, own <laughs> yes. yeah. very on brand Um, but Maya gives her own honest evaluation, which is that every second they wait, they're closer to the floor collapsing or Evelyn getting into more medical difficulties so whilst she Mm -hmm. agrees with Sullivan that they need someone to go in and rescue Evelyn she disagrees that it should be Warren and instead says that Andy should go in because she's the most experienced and the lightest
1: Yep, which I thought was smart
0: It's so smart and that's the exact word that Sullivan uses So Sullivan calls the idea smart, and he implements Maya's plan, asking Andy if she's got a problem with it. And her mouth says no, but her face definitely disagrees. Yeah. Again, on brand for Andy. Mm Mm-hmm. Sullivan sends Maya for a gurney and a cardiac monitor, and then advises her to turn her radio down because she's got the volume up full, which she chalks up to having accidentally knocked the volume knob. But this is obviously part of the whole Maya lost her hearing during the hotbox
1: incident thing. Right, the the once in a while yeah. nudge that we get towards that. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I believe that this is the last time we ever hear of it.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: So, I mean, nothing, what a waste, like nothing has come of this whatsoever.
1: I agree.
0: I wanted to mention that because that is, you know. The last time. The last time. Yeah. Then Sullivan commends Maya on deciding to go with him over Andy, calling it a bold move, but Maya says she was just siding with the victim and that her suggestion was the best way to save her. And Sullivan tells Maya that that's what good lieutenants do. Then Andy navigates her way through all of the clutter in Evelyn's apartment, reporting that the floor is badly water damaged and spongy, and it won't hold all of the weight of Evelyn's stuff very much longer. Um, Andy keeps Evelyn talking so that she can listen to where her voice is coming from, because she certainly can't see over or around all the mountains of Evelyn's belongings. But then she has a bit of a whoopsie and falls down amongst a stack of stuff. Um, She manages to sort of extricate herself and she finds Evelyn collapsed on the floor and gives Warren a medical update. And Warren says that Evelyn's condition is worse than he thought and that it sounds as if fluid has accumulated in the sack around Evelyn's heart and Andy's going to have to basically stick a big needle in under a rib cage to release Mm -hmm. all the fluid. Mm -hmm. Bless Evelyn, she isn't concerned about the potential pain of the procedure and she's more concerned that Andy gets out of the apartment before it collapses, saying that Andy's got people who will miss her but that she, Evelyn, doesn't. And she seems quite content to die, saying that she'll at least see her late husband if she does, and tells a nervous Andy that whatever happens, happens, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Maya bless her hearing the apartment floor continuing to creak questions whether she's made the right decision and if she should go in after Andy and get them out but with that Evelyn appears in the doorway on a stretcher Andy's managed to stick the needle in get her Mm -hmm. on a sort of makeshift stretcher and drag her Mm -hmm. to the doorway
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and so they drag Evelyn out and then Andy makes it out just as the apartment floor gives way and it's Sullivan that gets her out. He drags her out by the arm and they both sort of collapse back onto the floor together. Yep. Warren is commended by Sullivan for talking Andy through the procedure and Andy has a moment of reflection when the engineers finally arrive on the scene and she realises that had they followed her plan and waited for those engineers, Evelyn would have died. And Sullivan very calmly says, well, it's good it didn't go that way then. And then back at 19, Andy approaches Maya and asks her if she's losing her instincts. And Maya asks Andy very tersely if she now wants Maya's opinion, even though it blew her mind earlier that Sullivan Mm -hmm. had wanted Maya's opinion. Right. And Andy said that she was just surprised that Maya agreed with Sullivan. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. Maya interjected, saying, What instead of blindly agreeing with you, and um, then tells Andy, Yeah, and then tells Andy that her call was the right one, Mm -hmm. which it was. And Andy says that she gets it that she screwed up and she doesn't know what it is other than Sullivan getting under her skin. And Maya Mm -hmm. says she doesn't know what it is either. And Andy then just gets the ump of it and walks away. But that exchange prompts Maya to go to Sullivan's Mm -hmm. office and tell him to check his Mm -hmm. inbox because she's Mm -hmm. just submitted her lieutenant's application. And he says he's looking forward to reviewing it. Right. Did I miss anything?
1: No, it was a it was a good, straightforward call.
0: It was just about enough in it to keep it interesting, this one. I liked it. Yeah, it
1: was. Yeah, it didn't it was.
0: dominate anything. It wasn't slow. Mm-mm. And it did what good incidents should do, which is that mm-hmm. it kept us on the edge of our seat. Someone that we care about is in peril because Andy could go through the floor. Right. And it also gave us a bit of character development. So it was a good scene. Right. Right. Um, For sure. What did you think of Sullivan this week?
1: Do you think he's already showing that he's getting feelings for Andy? I did, actually. That was was the only thought I had. There was a certain look or something that happened, an exchange.
0: For me, it was when they fell back into the hallway when he yanked her out of the apartment and they both sort of Mm -hmm. fell backwards on the floor. They turned to face each other. And for me, that was when sort of the first spark.
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. For
0: me. Yeah.
1: I noticed I noticed something too. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I remember in my notes putting Sullivan falling for Andy question mark. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's what it was.
0: Yeah. That's where it was for me, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: I just thought it was there was a bit of a mixed bag of Sullivan content. I think so. Mm-hmm. In the last episode, he was absolutely horrendous to Warren when he called him an asset.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Basically, said you're my property, and so you need to take care of my property, i.e., take care of yourself. And he brought up, didn't he, Warren leaving Travis in the stairwell. He was just awful to Warren last week. And this week oh, yeah. he started out rough with Warren. Yeah. But then he did sure. give him credit where it was due at the instant. Mm-hmm. And it was unprompted. Mm-hmm. So mixed bag. Mm-hmm. And he's very good with Maya. I mean, what do you think of his relationship with Maya? Sullivan's relationship with Maya? Um,
1: I think, I think he sees a lot of himself in Maya. Yeah. Um, but I think with, I think with his relationship with Andy scares him. Yeah. And so I think they're very different relationships. Yeah. Um, the relationship with, with And with Andy I think scares him because he doesn't want to feel that way. But I think I think he very much likes the relationship with Maya because he sees himself in her and he can like push push her and that's very much what his job is, right? And he's very much yeah. the job. Like Sullivan is the job a hundred percent all day long. Yeah. Yes. And that's what that's what he loves to be. Um and so the relationships are very different.
0: Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of impressive in a way. I don't know if impressive is the right word, even. But it was, it was, maybe it is impressive, but it's also surprising, I think, that he's kind of seen enough to see that she is in Andy's shadow, that he's seen mm-hmm. that side of it.
1: Mm-hmm. That, so quickly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: And the fact that he's encouraging her so much to step Mm -hmm. out of it. Mm -hmm. I I think that shows exceptional leadership.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: And did you think that when... Because he says to Maya, doesn't he, it's time to become a leader and not a cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And don't worry about stepping on Andy's toes. Do you think that Mm -hmm. that is kind of helping to... Get the scales to fall from Maya's eyes. Do you think that that's the point at which the scales are starting to fall from Maya's eyes? Um, uh, that that's tough
1: because, gosh, gosh, you're good at asking the tough questions. (laughs) Um, oh gosh, I don't know how to answer it. Um. Just because the the complexity of their friendship and their relationship is so heavy, yeah. Um, and so for him to add that aspect to it already being so being so early on into his role and in, into their relationship, right? And yeah, and having a role of leadership. Um, you know, I think even Andy's questioned like. Okay, what's Maya doing differently to Sullivan than what I'm doing? You know what I mean? Like I yeah. think we've seen that as well. Yeah. And so I think it's just I think it's really tough to see to see that and even as as viewers it's even tough to see other than is it because he has feelings for her? Is it because Maya really is just a better leader at this point because I mean, let's look at it. Is Maya really a better leader at this point? Um I mean, and honestly, she is a better leader at this point. Yeah. But can Andy Andy would never see that because Andy only sees herself, right? Yeah. And so Andy's going to wonder what's what's Maya doing different than what I'm doing? Because Maya wouldn't, Andy would never see that it's just the fact that Maya's a better leader at this point. No. And so it's a really hard question to answer. Yeah. Way to answer the, way to ask the difficult questions. (laughs) I'd like to keep you on your
0: toes. What do you think? Well, I think at the sewer rescue, I think Maya probably started to see how Andy kind of centres herself all the time and wasn't prepared Mm -hmm. to step back and let Maya have a moment to shine and a moment to succeed. Right, right. And Sullivan is a self-confessed outsider and he's basically saying the same thing that she'd started to see last week, I think. So I think maybe that cements Mm -hmm. it for her that it's time for her to step up and not constantly prop Andy up. So I think... I think maybe it's that it's the sort of thing where I think maybe last week she started to get like a feeling that that was the nature of their relationship and that she will always do whatever it takes to mm-hmm. put Andy first, and Andy will always do whatever it takes to put Andy first I think she right. I think she saw that at the sewer right, but if you're so close to, when you're really really close to something. And when you're physically in it, you mm-hmm. question, don't you, like whether you're seeing mm-hmm. the, ov- because you're when you are so close to it, it's difficult to see the overall picture. And I imagine that her feelings would have been hurt. I imagine they would have been hurt and there would have been anger at what mm-hmm. Andy did at the sewer. So then I right. think that you would then question, well, are my feelings clouding my judgment? So I think that maybe having someone who is, Mm-hmm. A complete outsider and someone that has no skin in the game at all because right. he, right, it doesn't matter to him whether Maya makes lieutenant or not, or whether Andy makes mm-hmm. lieutenant or makes it, he's got no skin in the game. So, I think him mm-hmm. kind of saying it's not stepping on her toes to
1: mm-hmm. do
0: this, it's just you doing what you need to do because you would make a great leader. And right. the department does need more women like you to put themselves forward and mm-hmm. so put yourself forward. And so I think that that someone f- from the outside who's got no skin in the game and does have a holistic view of things saying that, mm-hmm. I think that's the point at which she can probably start to think, oh, God, this isn't in my head. I'm not just thinking this because I'm upset because of what she did mm-hmm. at the sewer. Mm-hmm. Th- this really is the situation. She really doesn't give me a chance to Mm -hmm. to succeed yeah and I really do need to do this for myself so I think maybe it is the point at which the scales are starting to fall I think last week they were loosened (laughs) and this week yeah they're starting to fall maybe yeah good answer thanks It was probably a bit rambly. I was thinking out loud.
1: No, it was a really good answer. (laughs) And I agree with it. So it was good.
0: Cool. Thanks, mate. Yeah, of Um, course. What did you think of the exchanges between Maya and Andy in this episode? Like Maya telling Andy that she needs an attitude adjustment when it comes to Sullivan. And then they have that professional disagreement (laughs) at the scene. And Maya calls Andy out for having her mind blown when Sullivan asks for her opinion. What did you think of it all? Um,
1: I think Andy was being a little bit Andy ish. Because um, yeah. I think Maya was just being honest. Yeah. And being open with her feelings and her thoughts. And I think for Andy to kind of, she kind of just pushed some, brush them off and pushed them off. I think it was kind of rude and disrespectful um and i think maya was just being honest and i mean what can, what else can you ask or expect of maya to be yeah. honest if you're going to ask her a question yeah and so i think andy was being a little bit of a jerk to be honest <laughs> just being just being real with it i think yeah. she was just being a little bit of a jerk yeah
0: also you know what when they got back and Andy said to Maya that she was surprised that Maya agreed with Sullivan. Yeah. By her own admission at the scene, her approach was the wrong one and would have gotten Evelyn killed. <laughs> yeah, I know. So what does so she want Ma- her to do? So Maya is supposed to agree with you, even though it's the wrong approach. The correct thing yeah. is for Maya to back you up in the thing that's going to get a person killed.
1: And Andy's words blindly agree with her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that, Pretty <laughs> I thought, much. I thought that was really surprising. Oh, I was just really surprised that you agreed with Sullivan over me. <laughs> what and chose the correct course of action. Okay.
1: Right. Yeah. Seriously. Interesting.
0: Interesting. But yeah. I mean for me that's that's it. I haven't got any more more talking points for this one. No, it was a it was a great one. It was good. Yeah, that's an enjoyable episode. And as I say, it sort of rumbled things on nicely, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was. It was well done. It was well executed.
0: Did you see any themes emerge in this one?
1: Probably getting to know oneself, if anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. I thought that... Probably Andy's voiceover got the theme of this one in a nutshell for me, which was hoarding things that weigh us down and sort of threaten to crush us if we don't sort through them and lighten our load. Okay. Because Maya's been keeping her feelings about Andy inside. Vic's Mm -hmm. been keeping her thoughts and feelings about Travis inside. Jack's keeping the trauma of his near-death experience at the skyscraper inside. So... Uh yeah so that was my thought is that the hoarder's apartment evelyn's apartment is sort of an allegory for everyone's emotional baggage that Mm -hmm. that will sort of collapse under the the weight of if we don't get rid of it purge ourselves Mm -hmm. of it
1: yeah purge ourselves that's a good way to put it
0: um and what are you looking forward to seeing in the next episode or those shortly thereafter? Oh, shortly thereafter. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't
1: remember what happens when they decide to keep um, Maya on as lieutenant at, at the station because there's already two. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how that plays out because I don't remember how that plays out.
0: No, I don't either, actually. I only watched it a couple of weeks ago, but when you watch every single episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it it blends in for sure. (laughs) And so, yeah, I don't exactly remember it. And so I'm interested to remember how that plays out and what happens and, and Andy's reaction to it all and
0: all that fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm surprising myself because I'm actually interested in Jack's character progression. Oh, ah, um, okay. And how he's going to deal with the trauma that he's clearly it looks like he's got a bit of PTSD going on. So yes. I'm interested to see to see that. And um yeah, and, and the actual character progression of that because season one Jack is very self assured, very cocky guy. Yes. Um He's now starting to show cracks. Yep. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. And mm-hmm. who did you think had the best growth in this episode?
1: I think Maya did. Yeah. 100%.
0: Yeah, for sure. Stepping out of Andy's yeah. shadow, putting in a lieutenant's yep. application. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, for sure.
0: 100%. I don't think there's any other good answer. I think that's the only good answer. <laughs>
1: no. Yeah. I think that's the only answer.
0: Yeah best scene for you um
1: probably the scene where um maya gives her input about what should happen at the at the incident yeah yeah
0: i chose the scene at maya's apartment at the beginning oh okay I just really enjoyed the interaction. And when Vic With comes in, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. when Vic comes in and grabs herself a coffee and puts her feet on the coffee table and everyone's riding everyone else, I just really enjoyed it. They're probably be my favorite dialogue. Okay. Yeah. 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 I liked a specific line in this episode, okay. which is Sullivan saying to Maya, at some point, you may be ready to step away from being a cheerleader and just start being a leader.
1: Ah, uh, okay.
0: I liked okay. that. Yeah. Um, but if I was going to go for a chunk of dialogue, I think I quite liked Vic having a pop at Travis. Well, she didn't have a pop at him, but when she was telling him that he was, you know, bleeding out all over her, floor after floor after floor, I thought mm-hmm. that was, um, it was difficult to hear, but I think it mm-hmm. was very well written and very well executed. Mm-hmm. And who was your MVP of this episode?
1: Gosh, that's tough. MVP. There was a couple of good ones in different, different scenes in this one for me. Yeah.
0: Um, I can narrow it down to one. I've got two yeah who were your two i went for um barrett Doss and or Mm -hmm. danielle savory
1: yeah i i if i had to pick one it would probably it was going to be maya yeah um but i can totally see barrett as well
0: for sure barrett had the comedy of the yeah all the man blanket stuff and the the stuff in the apartment and the um, rest in peace, easy, breezy, Andy Herrera. and uh, yeah, and all that stuff. <laughs> but then she also had the dramatic scene where she screams at Travis for giving up on life. Ah, uh, yeah. so she had she had different aspects of, yeah,
1: that's a good point. yeah, yeah she took right, us through yeah, the range point. of
0: stuff, but just range of emotions, yeah, yeah. but Danielle, just with her, She just does so much with zero dialogue, like in the truck with Sullivan, you know, when he's saying, you're not stepping on her toes, don't worry about stepping on her toes. And the way Mm -hmm. her head just snaps around. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not stepping, we we really support each other. And then when he says about Ripley putting it forward and she just says, oh, but it's the look on her face and the way her eyes flick and you can see it all computing. Yeah. Um, just never ceases to amaze me, just what that girl can do with one syllable,
1: yeah, she's amazing,
0: yeah, but all the micro expressions that she goes through, yes, um for sure, so that's why she was up there for me i can I couldn't pick one, yeah, this call. most gifable moment for you
1: um, gosh, that's tough, you're asking tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> um if I uh, I don't know. It, it would probably be something with from from Vic, from Barrett, but I can't give you one thing.
0: I chose an Andy moment. Ah, okay. I don't know. You, I, I chose her, her go get that dance when she's in her PJs and she does her little, oh, her yeah. little go okay. get that wiggle. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, Andy's good at those at those dances.
0: Yeah. So that's okay, mine. For sure. Okay, got it. So next week, episode 204 is called Lost and Found, and it says Sullivan gives each team member a skill to master. Ryan has to deal with his past, while Sullivan, Andy, and Maya are called to take care of a fire in an abandoned building. Okay. Yep, I remember this one. Yeah, I think I remember this one from the rewatch mm-hmm. our spotlight series. So, um, yeah, from my recollection, it's a good one.
1: Yeah, it is a good one for With sure. Lots to talk about. Yeah, there is. It's a really good one.
0: Cool. Well, I'm gonna go get on that then. I'm gonna go. I'm awesome. Gonna, I'm gonna go get that. <laughs> doesn't sound right in my BBC accent. I should leave that well alone.
1: No, it doesn't. <laughs> no. I wasn't going to say anything, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, th- it was very polite of you to not do so. I appreciate your restraint. <laughs> <laughs> but I shall not try and do that again. Okay, right. I will go and watch that episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Make sure you
1: write in and let us know what kind of T-shirts <gasps> you think we, Melissa yeah. should do in her shop.
0: Yes, do that. Do that. And um, we look forward to hearing from you all as per.
1: We do. All right, everyone. All right. See you later, mate. It's good to see you again, as always.
0: Bye, mate. Bye. Bye.